0: This interview was recorded before the SAG-AFTRA strike began. The first time I met Margaret Qualley, she was playing a nun. It was a film called Novitiate, and she was so quiet and beatific that it was a wonderful shock when I next saw her in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. In that film, Qualley popped off the screen in cut off jean shorts and a crocheted halter top. Her character, Pussycat, is Quentin Tarantino's imagining of a seductive, charismatic, and ultimately threatening Manson girl. I defy anyone not to fall in love with Margaret Qualley after seeing her in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've seen the film dozens of times, and she is thrilling and captivating every single time I see it. Luckily, this fall, I don't need to keep watching Once Upon a Time to see Margaret again and again. Sanctuary, her very modern take on a romantic comedy, is in theaters now and will be on Hulu in September. Her road trip film, Drive Away Dolls, directed by Ethan Cohn, will also be out in September, and she has a notable part in Poor Things, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, which will premiere at the Venice Film Festival at the end of August. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Margaret Qualley to Five Things with Lynn Hirschberg. So the first thing that we're going to discuss is the person in your life who has been particularly important to you. What person would that be?
1: There's many important people. I mean, like the important person from day one makes me think of my sister because I have an older sister, Rainey, and she completely shaped who I am today. My childhood was basically me trying to be my sister. She's How many dancer. years older is she then? Five years. Five years? Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is great for me because she was always really consistently cooler than me (laughs) and better at things, you know, so like she was a better dancer and that meant that I got to dance with her and I would get better faster you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and same with academics she would help me with my you know when you have summer reading and you have to write an essay over the summer about whatever book you've read my sister would often write mine for me which is really crazy but then it would uh, yeah but then you think that that's like really like altruistic and maybe like I'm a little like shit because of it but it also (laughs) made the teachers think that I was that good at writing so then I had to like maintain that caliber for the rest of the year, which was way beyond what I was actually capable of. So I guess what I'm saying is that she's always pushed me to be better. Was she like a nice older sister? Because some older sisters
0: can be like, we're not taking you to the party. We're not going to bring you along. She was
1: really nice. I I won't loan you my sweater. There was an age for sure where she wasn't thrilled that I wanted to like match everything that she was wearing. And like, (laughs) I definitely spent a lot of time just like waiting outside of her bedroom for the moment when I was going to be invited in. And when I was invited in, whether it was like, a you know, some girlfriends in there or eventually a boyfriend in there, like I knew that time was precious. You know, I knew that I should just like tried to be the least annoying I could possibly be but she was also really generous with me you know like she saved up her allowance and bought me a pair of jazz shoes when she was 10 years old she was really and she felt like I was hers as a kid which I think is the best way to set up a sister relationship you know like when I was born she felt like it was like her present Mm. and yeah I'm so 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 lucky to have had her to lead me everywhere
0: and you don't live in the same city anymore do you miss living in the same city of course
1: i try to convince her to move to new york every single day of my life for some reason she's <laughs> hellbent on los angeles and i don't get it and i can't i can't survive out there so yeah
0: and during covid you guys lived together right yeah what was that like it was great i mean yeah. we we've,
1: we've gone in and out there was a lot of my i was very frugal I'm still frugal, but not nearly as much. Like my early 20s, I was like really a penny pincher. And so I wouldn't keep an apartment year round while I was doing movies. So I would just like have these like tiny little leases in New York or I would live in her basement. Wow. And just kind of be like, I have a couple of suitcases going. And so that was really nice because she would always have a landing spot for me. Not just with the house. Like, I was like, it was a home. You know, I had a friend group because of her. I I didn't have to do anything. I would go off and do movies and then come back and have this whole life that she was maintaining while I was gone. Did she continue to dance? Because you continued to dance. Yeah, she still dances for
0: fun. We both still dance for fun. I know, but you danced seriously. You're like, people don't know what a great dancer you are. Thanks, Lynn. You are. I mean, but like a serious dancer. Thanks, Lynn. And you, <laughs> but was she as serious as you were? She
1: wasn't quite as serious as I was. She she transitioned well she you know I owe it all to her. She transitioned to acting before I did. And then I started acting after cuz I was like I guess that's what the cool kids are doing now. And um <laughs> and, and now she's also singing and that's the one thing I can't copy. Not a singer. I don't have it in me. <laughs>
0: uh, And does she give you good advice? Do you feel like when you have a problem or a question, you go to her? Is she one of the people you ask for advice?
1: If I want to absolve myself of something, I go to her. You know what I mean? If I want to say, like, I did this, is this okay? She's going to say yes. If I want advice, I should go elsewhere because she's going (laughs) to—her advice is going to be too similar to what I was already thinking. You know, we have Ah. the same parents. We have the same—yeah.
0: But does she provide perspective? I guess that's what you're saying.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean— she, she, she does provide perspective, but also, you know, sometimes I think we're both, like, our blind spots are similar. Did you ever like the same boy? No. We actually have, like, very opposite taste in guys, typically. That's good. Yeah. Did you always like the same clothes? <laughs> no, actually, now we're, we're kind of opposites in the way that we dress. We've got opposite kind of aesthetic, luckily, which I think works well for us.
0: What place in your life has been particularly important?
1: I think New York. I mean, because I I moved here when I was 16. Where did you live when you first moved here? I first lived in like a really nice—I lived in my sister's old apartment in Tribeca. It was the nicest apartment I'd lived in throughout my young adult life, you know. So it all went downhill from there. I moved to a couple different apartments in East <laughs> Village. At one point, I was at NYU dorms, but only for a couple of weeks. How did you pull that off? I went to NYU. Oh, you went to NYU. <laughs> oh, I thought
0: you just for like... <laughs> yeah,
1: but I only went for like... I went so quickly that no one knew I went to NYU, even within... Yeah, I thought maybe you podcasts. were just, you know, just, visiting. You that would be pretty great. No, I lived in one of those nice Hayden dorms for a second, <laughs> but then I realized that it wasn't for me. And... What was your major while you were there? I did acting for. Oh, you semester. did. Yeah. Ah, oh. they yeah. have a really good acting department, though,
0: don't they? Sort probably, of? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you didn't need it.
1: You didn't need no, it. I'm sure I needed it. It probably would have helped me out, but I I was too impatient. I was too like <laughs> eager to do things, get in the world. Yeah.
0: And when you when you first came to New York, what was your impression? What did you think when you first got to the city? Because you were in the country, right? Weren't you coming well, from? Everyone Where thinks Where you that. coming from? I was coming from North Carolina, more
1: suburbs. Ah. Uh, yeah, I was coming from, like— Yeah, I always pictured you, like, with hay seeds. That my, I was born with hay seeds in Montana, <laughs> and then, truly, my brother's a rancher in Montana still, and he's, like, just finishing his hay before <laughs> fall comes. And then I moved to North Carolina. I went off to, like, a boarding school for ballet, at North Carolina School of the Arts, when mm-hmm. I was 14. And then when I was 16, I moved to New York— and you um, weren't
0: scared the minute you came here, it's so overwhelming for the
1: things days. I was scared about were like irrational. Like, I was scared to be on an elevator with another man alone, that was kind of like the only thing that I'd been warned not to do. So, like, that was <laughs> like, I took a lot of stairs, <laughs> but other than that, I was fine.
0: <laughs> you weren't like the city itself didn't drive you nuts, like, you got figured out the subway right away. I figured, figured out the
1: subway right away. right away, but I just kind of stuck to the one, two, three line and the ACE. And honestly, I've been the same ever since, like, I've never. <laughs> (laughs) never abandoned those two routes. I never got into anything else. I walk from the east side to the west side and I count on one, two, three, A, C, E to go up and down. I, I, yeah. Because
0: you lived in the East Village.
1: That's Mm -hmm. a long walk. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I also love a bike. I guess. Yeah. I I, I did a city bike here today. Oh, you city biked here? Yeah. From Brooklyn? Yeah. Oh, wow. But I made a pit stop in the West Village. I see. Okay. You had a little. I got my hair cut. Oh, really? Yeah. How long was it? Not long. I'm just consistently cutting it off more and more since it's pretty dead. I see. Well, it looks lovely. Thank you. I'm glad you primped for this event. Yeah, I tried to look good for you. Like.
0: You are you're, you're, you look gorgeous. Thanks. And did you remember what month you
1: moved to New York? Well, I came up here for—so right before I started 11th grade, 10th grade going into 11th grade, I came up here for a summer ballet thing. An and, ABT. Yes. And then I— um, Was it like center stage? Yeah, actually. I mean, I can take this— I can run with the center stage reference because, <laughs> believe it or not, you remember Ethan Stiefel from of center course, stage? Of course. He was the dean of my high school. Oh, my before God. Before, at North Carolina School of the Arts, he was the dean. He taught my audition class when I was 13 years old, and center stage was my favorite movie, and I was so nervous, and I remember after the class, he came up to me, and I've, I've told you this story. We've talked about Ethan Stiefel. I've literally told this on a W podcast. I'm just like an old red I record. I have been given turning. a
0: W podcast. Well, on you. a W, yeah. Other um, thing. You did on special on my on the screen. I can't test, tell you the same story. twice. Yes, We're to. gonna leave everyone. Yes,
1: longing. I want to hear it. Ugh. Whatever. He came up to me after my audition and told me that he liked my purple nail polish. I have to say it so fast because <laughs> I've just like I'm becoming an old woman at the age of 28. <laughs> I'm just recycling the same stories.
0: <laughs> no, but Ethan Stiefel is he's such an amazing dancer. Or such what? an amazing
1: dancer. It's true.
0: And he's so good in the movie. Yeah, he was he's like playing the, the bad boy in the movie. Yeah,
1: he's one of the um ballet heartthrobs which yes there's not many so you
0: had seen the movie many times by the time you got to abt
1: yeah but to clarify i never went to abt the truth is is like if i was i'm in a that good program dancer you- but i wasn't amazing at ballet like the reason why i quit ballet is also because like okay i was a competition style dancer growing up so like i would go to these like rinky dink competitions like ballroom like jazz and contemporary, like rhinestone mm. tights and false eyelashes, and like, like beauty, pageant? shimmying. It looks like beauty pageant, but it's it's very challenging dancing. So, so you think you could dance? That's a perfect reference. Ah, it's that kind of dance. Ah. and and so you think you could dance is spawned off of like all the sort competition of like dancers dance growing moms? up. Like Dance Moms. Like Dance Moms. Yeah, I know that teacher. Yeah, she's taught at my studio before, and my home studio was Center Stage. It oh, was called my- Center Stage.
0: Oh um, my God. Yeah. Well, Dance Moms. I mean, those are really good dancers. Really good dancers.
1: So that's what I was actually good at. And then around 12 or 13, I realized, like, where is this going to take me? You know, I could be a backup dancer. (laughs) I wasn't thrilled by my options. Or I could be a teacher. And I wanted to do something else. I was like, I want to do this for longer. So I started doing ballet. But I started I mean, I've always done ballet, but I started doing it more seriously. Like mm-hmm. I, I started only doing ballet. Because also that
0: kind of dance mom dance has an element of gymnastics also. I can do that stuff. You can do that stuff. I can So you can do, do
1: over, you can do... Well, I can do an aerial. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: And you can do headstands right away and things like that? Headstands. Well, I don't know, like
1: that kind of going over your... Like a back handspring? Back handspring, I used to yes. be able to do that kind of stuff. I don't do back handsprings anymore. The only thing I've held on to as an aerial is like a party trick. And I bet you can do a
0: hell of a somersault.
1: I could do that a hell of a somersault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like down a hill. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. We could do that together. Yes. You could do that. We could all I do that. I get dizzy. I think if you're really good at it, you don't get dizzy. Because you're spotting. Yes, exactly. Yes. With a head, with a somersault. Well, you're a dancer too. Not like you. Okay. But so. I love dance.
1: Anyway, so really that was my thing. And that was what I loved to do was competition dance. And then ballet I did because it it seemed the most perfect and it's the most respected and it's the hardest. It's the most, you know, prestigious of them all. Right. And then I think people think of me as ballet dancer because that was the last thing I did. And it's also kind of like the PR I did for myself in my early 20s because it seemed classier. Oh. But the reality is is that I'm from North Carolina and I did competition <laughs> dance and I had rhinestone tights on, false eyelashes, and I was shimmying a lot. And My dances were like kind of vulgar and that's the truth. And so I think if there was a profession that that led into, I would have done it. But there really isn't. So I switched to ballet and then that was kind of destructive for my body because I didn't have the proper technique. And so I was like forcing my turn out and my knees were always in pain. My hips were always in pain. I didn't do it young enough to be great. I worked really hard and I could have just got by, but I never would have been perfect. And so I think it wasn't worth it. Like I knew I'd never would be as good as I wanted to be. And if trying that hard and the rewards from that career, like wouldn't have matched. It just would have been a really hard life.
0: What was the first thing you auditioned for when you came to New York? I remember auditioning for a TV show called
1: Bunheads, and I didn't get it. It was a ballet TV show. That's uh, the Gilmore Girls person. And actually another girl from my Sutton, school got it.
0: Hutton, something Hutton is it. What's her name? Foster. Sutton Foster was the lead. There yes. you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then some commercials. And you didn't get Bunheads? Why not? No. I, I don't. Probably because I wasn't good enough at ballet. No, I don't think that was the actual reason. I don't know. I just didn't. I, I didn't get... I think looking back, there were so many things I tried so hard to get that I'm not necessarily bunheads, but other things like there were these bad movies I really wanted and I didn't get. And I think sometimes you're like saved by the things you don't get. Definitely, Yeah. The
0: things that are don't work out, really, there's a plan.
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what was the first thing you booked? Though? Was it in New York or you went out to L.A.?
1: I went out to L.A. my senior year of high school and started auditioning from there. And then... I was lucky enough to book something that shot in New York so I got to come back home Uh, and I did The Leftovers. That was my first real job. That
0: was your first real job? Yeah. Wow. That was a great show.
1: Yeah. I learned so much doing that show and it was really cool because we had, you know, all these different directors and so I got to experience what it was like to be like my first director was Peter Berg and it's all like really rough and loose with him and you're shooting for six hours a day and that's it and he, you know it's like three takes and then I quickly learned that that was the exception and that for the most time when you're doing TV mm-hmm. it's much longer days many more setups I preferred the other way but <laughs> <laughs> I missed him you um, missed, um, missed the fast yeah yeah but, but you know they both have merit. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was a really, it was awesome. I love Dam- Damon Lindelof, who made the show, wrote the show. He's great. And it was very intense, that show. hmm I said cunt for the first time on that show. I was very, like, well-behaved.
0: Well, as I said <laughs> in my introduction that you didn't hear, the first time I met you was when you were a nun. Uh, yes, and novitiate. novitiate. <laughs> and I was so surprised by how shy you were. And then cut to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where you're not shy at all. But my sister always says that one of her favorite scenes, because we watched that movie over and over and over and over again. My sister always says that one of her favorite scenes of you in Once Upon a Time is when you climb the car. And I swear that's like, you couldn't do that if you hadn't been a competitive dancer. Thanks. (laughs) You climb the car like it's... Nothing. Thanks. And you do it in two strides. Thanks. Did you have to do a lot of takes of climbing the car?
1: We did a couple, but climbing the car wasn't the challenge. <laughs> I think it was like, it was that, you know, it was timing. We got a crane and a thing, and well, we didn't do too many, I guess. It was beautiful the way
0: you climbed the car. Thank you, Lynn. And you're so, like, you know, scary. Thanks, Lynn.
1: Quentin's got a good way of like pulling out all of those things. I mean, I learned a good lesson my first day of shooting with him which was that I basically, like, wanted to do something and didn't do it. And he came up to me after the take and, like, was quiet. And he was like, hey, did you want to do something and not do it? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And he was like, well, do it next time. And I was like, right. Okay, cool. Awesome. (laughs) You know, because it's just, like, such an intimidating set. You've got Brad Pitt there and Quentin Tarantino. And it's just, like, the best of the best. But also, like— And you're also in shorts. Yeah, you know, and then (laughs) I just took it from there. I was like, all right, let's— He was kind of—his constant note for me, I think, was to be bigger, which was really fun. And, yeah, a good lesson.
0: But she was very confident. Yeah. In a great way. It's a great character. Do you ever miss your characters?
1: I miss the time on set. I don't miss, like, the character necessarily as much as just, like, the hang. And that's not obviously for every movie. That's, like, for— Quentin movie or, <laughs> like, there's been very few times in which, like, the shooting experience has been so amazing that you don't want it to end. But those ones, I will... Um,
0: and with yeah, The Leftovers, you had, what, like, three seasons? Two seasons? Two seasons. There, was, yeah. there were three. I didn't do the last
1: one. You did not do the last I one. I didn't do the last one. Did I, you Did you disappear? I, yeah. I, I didn't want to go to Australia. <laughs> and I was trying to get back with an ex-boyfriend. And I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was one of those life
0: moments. So back to New York for a minute, as your favorite place, what do you love about New York?
1: <sighs> There's so many things I love about New York, but I mean, okay, I'll start with a silly one. Uh, so I grew up in North Carolina and like I was never the right look for North Carolina. You know what I mean? Like North Carolina like the popular girls were like blonde with straight hair and perfect boobs and they played field hockey and wore <laughs> juicy couture and uggs and then like and I was just kind of like the freak, you know? And I came here and like the freak was like kind of Cool, and it took me a few years to figure that out. But I was like, okay, this is awesome. And then I also <laughs> like that's such like a silly, superficial reason, but no, but, but it is true. You like found I think new people. Yeah, I felt like I like I found your. Tribe. I felt yeah, I felt like at home here pretty immediately. And I, I remember leaving to go and work and coming back and landing at JFK. And I remember landing and being like, ah, oh, I'm home. And being like, huh whoa, I'm home. Huh, you know, <laughs> um, and that was a really special feeling. And I think I love how New Yorkers will meet you wherever you are, you know, like no matter how you're feeling, if you're walking down the street, you're going to find a couple of other people that feel the exact same way. You know, like if something horrible's just happened and you're super sad, you're going to end up locking eyes with someone else who's had that same day. And that's mm. very comforting. Mm. And I also think that New York's there and ready to celebrate with you. I love a New York crowd. I love a New York summer more than anything when everyone's like out. A lot of people leave Manhattan in the summer. It's my favorite time of year. I love just like bopping around from one place to another and feeling like the spontaneous rush that exists in New York where you're, like, sweaty and you're doing it and everyone's just kind of... I feel the most alive, probably, um, in a New York summer. I, I find them also very romantic. I know. I agree with you completely.
0: I love a New York summer. Okay, so what thing, what inanimate object, like a Chanel bag <laughs> or a poster or a teddy bear or your toe shoes or a microphone, whatever it is, has particular meaning for you. It could be a photograph. It could be a movie.
1: Well, Jack and I just got a beach house. And I mean, that's a big object, but that's what I think I'm going with um, for this answer. Um, I love it there. And it feels like a new beginning. Did you look for a long time? No, actually, he was in the process of building it when we met, but we got to furnish it together and choose all the colors and do all of that. And it just, I don't know. It's like your first home. It's my first home. Yeah. And it feels like the future and it also feels so lived in already and just completely peaceful.
0: And did you do a lot of furnishing? Did you get to buy
1: like a couch? Yes, all of it. Yeah. And that's really fun. Like furniture has been new to me, too, for a long... Well, that's what I was going to say, because when you (laughs) lived in
0: an apartment... I believe you didn't even have a bed.
1: No, I was mattress on the floor, lamp, and that was it for a very long time. Like, have you ever bought a couch before? Well, you know, I bought a couch <laughs> about like a week before I met Jack, and I moved in very quickly. So it was like right Should when I say bought Jack's a couch. Jack's last name. Jack Antonoff. Okay, thank you. Right when I bought a couch, I was selling the couch. <laughs> um, but now I'm buying my first permanent furniture kind of situation, which this is super exciting. exciting. Yeah, really exciting.
0: And what was the first thing you wanted
1: to buy? Together? Yeah. Um, We have a big, beautiful, like, kitchen table, like a round kitchen table. Wood, simple, the idea of a family. Yeah. Do you cook? I do cook, especially there. Like, in the city, I don't really cook because I'd rather just kind of be out bopping around and it takes too much time. Yeah. But if I'm at the beach and all I'm doing all day is being at the beach, then I'll definitely cook.
0: And do you go in the sun? Because you never go in the sun,
1: do you? I go in the sun. I just lather myself in sunscreen. (laughs) I'm wearing 50 all over right now. Me too. Every day Yeah. my life. Yeah. Even in winter. Yeah, me
0: too. So we now know what your favorite thing is. Now, this is my favorite question. Something in your life that seemed like a terrible thing at the time that turned out to be a good thing, i.e. a job you didn't take, like what you said earlier, Mm -hmm. so that another job came about. There's been so
1: many of those. Yeah.
0: Someone you thought was the love of your life, and then it ended, and then you found the love of your life. (laughs) Yeah. I'm there. (laughs)
1: Thank God. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just a path not taken that seemed like the end of the world, but then turned out to be the best thing that could have happened.
1: I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like the thing we've already talked about, which was like not being a dancer. And then... But and tell it, the story of why you
0: stopped dancing. I mean, I stopped dancing... I love this story.
1: I was at Steps and I was taking a ballet. Tell, tell what Steps is. Oh, So Steps is a place where everyone that i know would dance you know it would be like these it's very serious it's very serious but it would be you know principal dancers at new york city ballet and american ballet theater and then it would also be your grandma or your aunt or a 5 year old kid it's like these open classes that are have a, they're really pretty beautiful because it does bring such a cool mix of people together it's right above fairway
0: it's very new york you have I, to climb these stairs
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah it's it's really cool it's like 72nd broadway 75th, I believe. 75th, and yes. But you'd get off the train at 72nd Broadway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's where you get off the one, the one of the two. The two. Yeah. One of the two trains I know. One of your I two know. trains you take. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was studying at the American Ballet Theater Summer Program there uh, so over the summer. you could probably summer. Walk. Yeah, and then on my days off, I would go and take classes at Steps. But this was also, like, I was trying to make up for lost time now that you think about it, right? Because it's like I didn't have that technique that I wanted to have. So on my days off, I would be taking two or three or four other ballet classes to try to make sure that I would be that much better by the time Monday came around. You know, you're doing Monday through Saturday. Sunday, I'd work my ass off, be there Monday. And I was in one of—I was on my second class on a Sunday. And— there was a woman in the wheelchair on the class, and, like, your mind goes to, like, that's where I'll end up. That's not what I was thinking. I was actually, like, feeling envious of her because she was having the best time, mm-hmm. and she was there simply just, like, to have a nice time. You know, she was so joyous and listening to the music and, you know, doing her beautiful porta de and I was just, like, cranking my fucking first position, trying to, like, be perfect and just sweating like crazy, and I was completely joyless, and I was like, oh— over. Like, I hate it. It's fucking over. Like, there's no, this is it. Like, I don't want to be here. I'm only here because I'm competitive. I'm only here because I want to be perfect and done. And I, I started crying. <laughs> I left class and I never went back. And then, and you never went back. I never went back. And the first time I danced again was for that Spike Jones Kenzo spot when I was 22. So I, I didn't dance between the ages of 16 and 22. And then I refell fell in love with dancing, doing that. When you did that commercial, which was like a
0: short film, it was more than a commercial. It was like played at Lincoln Center, I think. Didn't he like have it in a big presentation? Yeah, we did it. How did he come to you to ask you to do it? Did he Oh, know? I auditioned. Oh, you
1: auditioned? Yeah, I auditioned. Most things I've auditioned for. And I auditioned for that I, in his apartment, and he literally just put the song on and told me to dance, <laughs> and um, and so kind of like the video was created in the audition. I think it's somewhere on the internet. Like the whole like, uh, were yeah, you a nervous? Lot of the moves. Were you nervous? I was nervous, and then I just did the thing where you like commit super hard. You know what I mean? Like I think sometimes when you're really nervous, there's you're either gonna like be kind of boxed up and inhibited, or you're just gonna go floor it you know and i did the floor it version because otherwise i would have just been embarrassed throughout so i just really went for it like i left like sweaty and i'd been like i think i like was standing on tables and doing crazy <laughs> things and um and i was like you may think i'm psycho <laughs> <laughs> but yeah
0: and did you dance after that? You just started dancing? Then I started,
1: dance? yeah. Then I, I fell in love with dancing on that. Ryan Heffington was the choreographer for it. He had a studio in L.A. called The Sweat Spot. So whenever I was in L.A., I was going there. It's closed now, which is really sad. And now I dance for fun all the time. Did you still, even when you weren't dancing, were you
0: dancing to Britney Spears? <laughs>
1: Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Because
0: a little known fact about Margaret is she can do all the moves from every Britney Spears video.
1: I, I That was, I think, pandemic. Toxic? I, Definitely, did toxic. Yeah, I learned all of those dances. I know there's the big
0: ones, but toxic's more off the beaten track.
1: I, 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 I somewhere in my arsenal, it would be in my um, muscle memory at this point. Yeah. <laughs> did
0: Rainey do those too, or just you?
1: That was a solo project. That was a solo endeavor. <laughs> do you do anyone other than Britney, or just Britney? Those are the only. Music no, Michael videos Jackson. I, know. I mean, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. I will watch michael jackson dance like my whole algorithm on instagram is just michael jackson videos
0: so tell me a little i want to hear the story also of when you auditioned for quentin because for once upon a time because that's actually also a time where things seemed to go haywire and then turned out to be a perfect solution like it looked like it wasn't going to work oh yeah it worked
1: yeah yeah
0: that and i think we could argue that that was a life changer
1: definitely yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, that one I auditioned like all of the other young actresses and I didn't get it.
0: And you auditioned with what part of the script did he have you read? And he read with you? No, it was, I just read
1: for a casting director. Uh Uh-huh. I was auditioning for the Pussycat part.
0: But it was which part of Pussycat? It
1: was the car scene. Oh, that's a hard scene. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I I went in and like a little, I remember what I wore, I wore like a little white dress without shoes. (laughs) No shoes at all? Yeah. and Because um, <laughs> um, you knew about Quentin and Know shoes. your audience, you know? I say exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, I thought I did fine and then didn't hear a word. And then I remember, coincidentally, actually, so my dad moved to Panama when I was 14 because I left home. He moved to Panama. He's since moved back this past year, which is awesome. But he was in Panama at the time, and he was like, come to Panama, and you'll book a Quentin Tarantino movie. And he (laughs) said that, like, off the cuff, Quentin being one of the best directors in the world, and the fact that if you make plans, then surely life will get in the way, you know? Exactly. Um, So with that in mind, I was like, you know what? Sure, Dad. And I bought a ticket to Panama, and I flew out there with my sister And we went out to the San Blas Islands, which are in the middle of nowhere. And right when we get to San Blas Islands, I get a call from my agent who says, hey, you need to come home because um, you have a a chemistry with Brad Pitt for a Quentin Tarantino movie. And I was like, (laughs) are you fucking kidding me? Like, it was truly shocking just but exciting. Really exciting. And also just crazy that my dad had literally said that. And since then, I've tried to get him to plug in various directors. <laughs> it hasn't worked again. But. Uh, you can manifest. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Yes. But yeah, so then I came back and. um
0: And got the part. Yeah. And what did you do when they told you you had it?
1: Just, you know, just like elated, just like... You didn't jump up and down, you didn't scream? I think I kind of found out there to a degree, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I like, I kind of knew, but if you find out something in the midst of a bunch of people that you're about to work with, you're like trying to be kind of cool. So yeah. I had it, I had a good feeling about it. So when I knew I was really happy, but not necessarily, you know, I wasn't as shocked. It had been building.
0: So tell me a time in your life that's purely joyful, like a purely joyful time. It can be when you were six in
1: the ocean. It can be whenever. I mean, I'm just such a fucking broken record. Like the only things that come over, like the joyous things in my life are probably like dancing when I was a little kid or falling in love with Jack.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: that's so sweet. Or like a great job. You I know love that Jack said job. you. Yeah, oh, he did? <laughs> yeah, he said, I Sweet met my art. person. Yeah, I met my person for sure. He's the best thing in my life. He's my favorite person to be around. I'm the luckiest person in the world. I love him more than anything. He's the very best. Yeah. Does Jack get you to sing? Well, I'm actually trying to get him to get me to sing just so I can, like, kind of relax. Because I think I get really—like, when I'm nervous, my throat closes up, you know? Mm. Or when I get, like, emotional and I don't want to be emotional, Mm. my throat closes up. Mm. And I do this kind of embarrassing thing where I'll, like, have to, like—I'll have to cry or I can't breathe. And I'll kind of, like, huddle over and, like, cry into a napkin. Because it could happen at dinner. It could happen anywhere. It's very embarrassing. But if I don't do the—I have to, like, sob. And if I don't sob, then I can't breathe. So I've been trying to make myself sing, but singing is embarrassing for me. So I don't have a great voice. (laughs) I bet you do. Thanks, Lynn. I bet you do. I think you just love me. What does he say? I do love you. Well, Jack's sweet, but he's, he's biased, you know. He loves you too. I want my answer to be Jack. Okay, my answer is just Jack. Done.
0: Okay, one more answer, though, on that point, even if it's not Jack. You did seem really happy to me when I watched you in your movie. What is the name of your movie? Sanctuary. Oh yeah. I and making that movie. <laughs> you just seemed even more than in Once Upon a Time, there was a joy to that performance that I really felt from you. Was that just me projecting that? No, was... it was
1: it was one of the best times of my life. And guess what? It was a combination of all of my favorite things. That was a magnificent summer. I'd just fallen in love with Jack. It was during the summer in New York, and I was doing a movie where all I had to do was talk the entire time. I love talking. Well, I do a
0: little more than talking.
1: A little more than talking. <laughs> but you know what I mean in the sense that like... You're also blonde in it briefly. Yes, I'm blonde in it briefly. I've got a blonde Bob. My favorite thing as an actress is to like talk and listen and just have a conversation. But and it's, it's a
0: really physical performance also in a great way. I, I thought the physicality, it was like
1: choreographed. I guess the feeling that I had was that I had a lot of control, you know? You play a dominatrix. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> but even beyond that, like I think we both had a lot of control because so much of it was actor dependent. You know, it's it's very much yes. like an actor's movie. It's not like there's like crazy cinematography or but it's like
0: romantic. It's definitely, It is romantic. It's definitely. It's a weird kind of rom-com. Yeah. 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 But it's also I don't know, there was something about that performance that just seemed to me like you were extremely happy.
1: I was. I was extremely happy. Yeah. I was Biking to and from work every day, staying with Jack. Not staying on the one. I just too. moved in. Not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just moved into his house. And I, the way that I moved in was by doing this movie, actually, because we were spending every night t- with each other. And I had an p- apartment on Fourth and B, and he had this apartment in Brooklyn. And I was like, okay, so I'm about to do this movie. I would love to be with you every night, but I can't be going back and forth between two different apartments. So we can either not stay with each other every night, and I'll be with mine, or you can stay every night at mine if you'd like, or I could stay every night at yours. And his apartment was nicer, more furnished. And, um, <laughs> he had a bed. He had, <laughs> he had a, a proper bed. He had a bed. He had air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> he had all kinds of amenities that I didn't have. And so we chose his, and then I just never left. I had a formal invitation after the movie. I'm sure you did. It was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't think you were exactly showed up on. A show I was stand. squatting. You were squatting. <laughs> it was like the dorms all over Georgia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How long were you in the dorms? I'm just curious. I can't picture you. The Almost dorms.
1: never, actually. I think I stayed a couple of. I had a boyfriend at the time, and I was staying with him and his family. Did you eat in the cafeteria at the dorms? No, yeah. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I did not very hard for me
0: to see you with a tray
1: (laughs) I didn't I didn't I I was I had a good thing going at a really nice boyfriend's parents apartment actually oh good yeah that sounds great yeah
0: well Margaret I have to tell you I've wanted to do this for so long and it's just a thrill to have you and talk to you and and to know you. So thank you so much for being here.
1: I love you, Lynn. I love you, love you, love you. You're the very best. I love talking to you about absolutely everything and anything. And um, right when this podcast ends, I'm going to ask you a million questions.
0: <laughs> Five Things with Lynn Hirschberg is produced by Michael Beckert. Technical assistance and engineering by Rich Serbini and Max Solomon at Hanger Studios. The coordinating producer is Caroline Wolfe. I would like to thank Carleen Donovan, Lauren Auslander, Brynna Rifkin, Court Barrett, Alex Kahn, and Sarah Moonves, who makes everything possible. The theme song is by Blondin Carr. And thanks always and especially to Zora.